Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. New tap room now open at Sass Drive and Cameron in Regina. Well, welcome to the Three Down Greencast with myself, Joel Gasson, and John Fraser. And yes, we are back after a bit of a, uh, a high, an unplanned hiatus. As uh, full yes. disclosure, we were planning to record an episode last week, but then uh, life kind of got in the way in some different ways. And then we are going to do one over the weekend, and then we're going to do one earlier in this week. And so last week, John kind of bailed on me, and there was a legitimate reason for it, and all that was fine. Then Sunday came around, and he wasn't quite as enthusiastic about recording. Still wasn't quite as enthusiastic about recording on Tuesday, and he came up with these so-called reasons why. Something about his birthday, and (laughs) moving to couch, and all this kind of stuff. But really at the heart of the whole thing, I think, John wanted to avoid talking about yet another epic bomber collapse in uh, the eastern part of Canada, where they blew another 20-plus point lead. At least this time it was to a good team this time, John. Yeah, that's that's fair. No, that is, and that was, Joel, you have found me out. Um, actually, a friend of mine, uh, she just bought a house uh, who I curl with, and I was, for the first time in my life, going, please, let me help you move your stuff into your homestead, just so I would hopefully avoid, you know, talking to you, and then, you know, having two days of birthday parties, and uh, I thought I had gotten away with it, Joel, but uh, blast, you damn kids, you foiled me again. Yeah, but really, like, wow. Twice in one season, the Bombers managed to do that. I mean, obviously, that's not really why you bailed on us. Um, we know you oh. more than anyone love to shit all over the Bombers when they uh, deserve it. And that oh, was that absolutely. was and that and it was funny. Like I remember Rob Vanstone on Twitter was starting to talk about leaving that game at one point when they were up by twenty four points or whatever it was, and yeah, it just turned instantly then. So you can maybe thank the old Vanstone drinks for that one, but just. Just epic, and it's just, it's not good news for the Bombers because they're proving to have difficulty closing games is what we're learning about them. Oh, oh absolutely, and, and, and it's oh, it's been so frustrating as a Bomber fan to see a team play so well in that first half, and I don't know if it falls on the coaching staff or the players or whoever's fault it is, but you've gone into halftime twice in the East with massive leads like leads you absolutely should not blow the montreal one is maybe a bit more justifiable because as you alluded to montreal is actually a good football team toronto is not a good football team and it was just i i don't know like i i don't know if they just don't have the mental fortitude to you know go in at halftime and make those adjustments adjustments and be ready for the counter punch it always seems like they just come out so flat and they just play vanilla and the offense disappears and the defense disappears because, again, they go, they go to, like, the base playbook that when you're playing Madden, when you're first beginning, it's like, play one, play two, play three. Like, that's all they seem to be doing whenever they go in with these big leads at halftime. And now this is a Winnipeg team. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later on the show, the importance of a home playoff game this year in the CFL. 
Mm-hmm. The fact is, this is a team that should be 11 and 2. Yeah. But they are not. And they could instead, they could they, they could even be 12 and 1, really. Yeah. And instead, because of their inability to close games, they are instead in a position where they're in this hellish mix in the West Division that's going to come right down to the final week. And for Ryder fans, the Bombers' constant ineptitude and way to just continue to be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Like, that's just so Winnipeg. Just blowing massive leads in a season in which you could be on cruise control to a, a, a bye in the West Division final at IG Field or whatever the hell that parking nightmare is called. Ugh. Just... Uh, like why like have i lived in saskatchewan long enough that i can just like adopt a team like i'm i'm I'm, if this isn't the year i am strongly considering it the only i think the only silver lining you could maybe take from this is that maybe for once the bombers are getting their massive choking out of the way early oh no they'll find a way to (laughs) i know they will they will like they will they will like learn from this and they'll have tape on this and they'll be a big and an east semifinal because they'll keep choking away games or west semifinal pardon me and just blow it just blow it they'll go way too vanilla on defense near the end of a game and just blow it and that's because that's just what Winnipeg does and Richie Hall will blame communication again for some reason exactly exactly well we can't communicate no Richie you're playing the prevent all prevent does is prevent you from winning God, I had such a hard time. He was a guest speaker at the Saskatoon Men's Bond Spill a couple years ago. I had a hard time not just like, and I respect the hell out of the man for what he's done, what he's overcome, the person he is. He's a great human being. Part of me still just wanted to go, Richie, learn to be aggressive. You kind of suck sometimes. You suck. You're the suckiest bunch of sucks who ever sucked. Well, he's not the Ottawa Red Blacks. Oh, that's fair. That is a dumpster fire right now. That is like, I love that Like even in like their first year they had hope, and now it's just a shit show. Rotating quarterbacks? Like, what is this, the preseason? The, quarter, the, the GM coming out and saying, uh, I'm at the cap, but maybe I should have reevaluated quarterbacks. No shit, Sherlock. Yeah. But, I mean, <sighs> with them, we're at the point where we're talking about some Ottawa Renegades seasons were better. Than this one. Ooh, that's, that's that's, that's true. No, you are uh, you're not wrong there, Joel. Uh, that's starting to get a cringe word. But hey, unlike Winnipeg in the past, you know, thirty years, they've won a Grey Cup. They did. They absolutely did. Yeah. Yep. So before we get into the bulk of this episode, uh, where we're going to talk about uh, Jordan Williams Lambert and specifically who should come out of the lineup. For how long and, you know, all that, because that's kind of the topic du jour here in Saskatchewan right now. Uh, We're going to talk about the game coming up uh, this weekend against the Argos. Kind of big picture what that means and how important the stretch drive is in the next few games for this team is going to be in terms of determining really their fate this season, probably. And then uh, we're going to close it out by talking about uh, some beef or fake beef or whatever you, you, you want to call it and how nonsensical that... That whole situation has turned into. But before we get into all that, um, I would be remiss if we did not uh, discuss the departure of, as he put it, 
our lazy, shiftless bastard. Uh, Drew Edwards, our once fearless leader, who is apparently now just so fearful that he has uh, decided to part ways with Three Down Nation for very understandable reasons. Uh, he wrote a, a really great piece for Three Down Nation because, as he's always said, uh, don't put it on social media, make it a post. And so he mm-hmm. uh, he did that this week for, Thor, for Three Down Nation, where he laid out the reasons why he's leaving. Uh, you can check that out on the website still, obviously. In a nutshell, you know, light work-life balance. He has some, you know, philosophical issues with the game of football, which I think we can all relate to a little bit on some level. Yeah, absolutely. And so it all made sense, but it would be I'd be remiss if we did not uh, wish Drew well in his uh, future endeavors, as he, uh, as some people put it, went to save journalism at the Spec in Hamilton, as he uh, goes back to, or I guess continues in the world of journalism, just more so on a. A news front compared to sports, as he's taking on a web editor role there, which he will certainly be great at, considering he uh, managed a bunch of buffoons and made us look credible online. So, Drew, uh, we true. wish you, uh, we wish you nothing but the best, buddy. Um, I know there's been some great stuff, but out there, John Hodge had a tweet with all his thoughts on Drew, and I know Ryan Valentine and uh, Justin Dunk wrote these great pieces on their thoughts on Drew. Uh, for me, it's a lot shorter, I and mean, obviously. He took a big shot on those guys because they didn't really have the history per se. Like I, I was working in radio. I covered sports for a little while. So we, but he, he took a flyer on a guy that was uh, not in media at the time. I was let go, and uh, I can't thank Drew enough because this has really opened up a lot of different avenues that I probably never would have thought I would have gone down in sort of enjoyment of sports and being in sports media. So, uh, Drew, thanks a lot for the opportunity, and uh, most importantly, I guess, in the context of this podcast, thanks for letting us do this and for continuing to allow John Fraser to appear on this podcast for some reason. I'm, I'm not going to lie. When Drew <laughs> put up his article why he was leaving, I went Control-F, went Fraser, and I was not listed among the reasons. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, you're right. I was in a spot in which you and I had always uh, – we've been very good friends for a very long time. We've always – mused about finally getting an opportunity to work together uh and uh, drew gave us that chance uh and now we just have to make sure that we you know bribe justin dunk with enough beer that we can keep doing that because by all accounts i have no credibility anymore uh i'm kind of loud and uh yeah 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 so uh thank you drew for giving us the opportunity to work together to do this on a weekly basis uh and in all seriousness uh all the best of luck in your in your new endeavor into the newsroom. Uh, I hated doing news, so good for you, Drew. I hope you don't hate doing news. Obviously, you don't because you are doing news now. Yeah, it seems like he enjoys it, and I think most importantly, on top of all, um, Drew's still a great friend. He's one of the nicest guys you will ever meet in this industry, and uh, I'm sure we'll still see him around the ballpark every once in a while. And uh, I, pu- I put it out on Twitter because I think the only way Drew Edwards really should go out in terms of his CFL coverage career, is whether it's in Calgary this year or more likely Hamilton next year, he needs to do one more every team party and one night crawl, like that epic one they yes. did with John Cornish a few years ago. Yeah, they had John Cornish. Uh, Darren Bombing from TSN was there. I remember uh, oh. Bombing and I used to talk a little bit back then. Uh, yeah, that is, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that is one of the things that, that, like, if that is happening again, there's all my motivation to come to the Grey Cup and finally use those, you know, the ability to be credentialed media again under Three Down Nation, which apparently I'm allowed to do. Yeah, well, I, we I can try at least, uh, you know. What's the, what's the worst that happens? They say no, and I just, you know, hold up a sign outside that says tickets. 
<laughs> maybe. I mean, next year that isn't Regina. You obviously have a place to crash. So uh, I imagine we'll, uh, we'll we'll try to work something out then. Oh hell yeah! I've already pre-reserved my room at your new place there, Joel. By the <laughs> way, a quick congratulations to your podcast audience, Joel Gasson. Man bought himself a house. Now I got lots of room to come and crash and stay, and oh, I'm going to take advantage of that. <laughs> what have I done? So You done effed up, Joel. Yeah. You done effed up. Uh, something like that. So uh, in honor of Drew Edwards, I guess, uh, a man who also loves a good beer, uh, John, what's in the glass this week? Uh, well, because uh, I knew I was going to have a bomber rant coming up, I've already finished the first beer that I started consuming, uh, which near the end of the year... Part of my birthday gift, as usual, uh, my wife has made it a tradition to just start buying me a shitload of craft beer. So uh, I'm going with, it's going to be a two-beer podcast, but thankfully, neither beer very strong. First off, I've already finished uh, the Rebellion Cerveza. Mm -hmm. As summer quickly fades away into winter, uh, nice end of the summer. It's kind of been my beer of the summer. And now to crack. Let's see if we hear. There we go. Um, a little bit warmer on the bones, but still nice and light, that being a Rebellion Lentil. Can't go wrong with a couple of 4% beers when it's a too tall boy night, because I knew I'd be talking about the Blue Bombers and needed to take the edge off. Yeah, so she bought you a Rebellion Mixer Pack is what happened. Uh, no, actually. Oh, no, really? Wow. No, wasn't even a Mixer Pack. She uh, went to the store, uh, came back with uh, four hazies, which are gone. Uh, of course, yeah. She just went to the the co-op liquor store by our house that doesn't have pile of bones yet. So she's like, "Well, I knew you like pile of bones, and I know you like rebellion." So she uh, stocked up on some cerveza, some lentil, and some hazy, and uh, yeah, it was a nice little uh, little surprise there before the birthday on uh, on Monday. Sounds sounds like a good day uh, for me. This is a, a brand new beer just out uh, over the weekend. I do believe it is the new multinational. Raspberry Milkshake IPA of Destiny. What? I like the of Destiny. That just makes it more intriguing. Yeah, so so if you don't know the backstory, I guess kind of it's a little bit of a play. They've had a few other, you know, fruited milkshake IPA of Doom is what they've called a few of them. <laughs> so I guess yeah. this is what is more like the positive outtake, the positive turn. This is like the, I guess, the protagonist in this case of in their little beer world of the Doom versus Destiny. I don't know. It's, it's, it's very raspberry. It's very delicious. It's my first time trying it. Uh, we just got a shipment uh, of cans to Happy Hour today. It is co-brewed by District, so uh, that's ones they may be shipping out across the province, depending on uh, who gets their hands on ordering it, but I don't think it's a big batch like their normal uh, sports is, per se. Yeah. It's always interesting. I don't think I've, I've had a crack at any of the, like, strawberry milkshake or cherry or anything like that i've never uh, so I've, I've i've had to haven't had the opportunity to go give it a try but uh, i'm glad you've been uh, you've been sampling them and uh, mostly rave reviews i'd say joel yeah yeah for the most part i love a good mi- a milkshake ipa though the uh it is partially because the season is turning and i have been walking around the store for a bit of work and looking and the the blackbridge robust porter is sitting there now and i'm just like mm, yeah it's 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 kind of about that time isn't it it really is. It, it really, once after you get Snowpocalypse in October um, this weekend, I would definitely say uh, it is. And, and hey, if you want refuge from Snowpocalypse, where there's still going to be grass on the gra- ground after the weekend, just just come crash here. It's only a, what, two, hour, two and a half hour commute to happy hour from my place? I'm going to be in Ottawa next week anyway, so I mean. 
way we, to dodge we, that we, bullet. We, we leave on Saturday for a week. We I will still be watching the game. We'll still be podcasting. So it's not like a it's not like a cut off from the work world vacation. But uh, yeah, going uh, going back uh, to the hometown for a little bit for uh, some reasons. So back to his uh, hometown of sorts. Jordan Williams Lambert back in his CFL hometown uh, a couple weeks ago. Signed with the team. Obviously didn't play in the first game because he. Well, it wouldn't have been ready in time and that. There's a lot of adjustment back from the NFL and all that sort of thing. Yep. And then it was the bye week. So this is probably really the first chance for Jordan Williams-Lambert to potentially crack the Ryder lineup. And it could be coming at a good time because uh, I mean, the offense, as much as we, you know, there's still a lot of praise for Cody Fajardo and he's certainly been there when they really needed him to. It's kind of felt yep. a little overall like the offense has been stuck in the mud a little bit the last little while. It hasn't really quite reached the level it did earlier in the season. So maybe uh, Williams Lambert could be a bit of a spark plug to help get it going again a little bit if he can uh, adjust back from the NFL game, which we have seen players that come back from the NFL midseason into the CFL, especially at receiver, kind of struggle a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles that. But really the question right now is how is he going to get into the lineup? And uh, on Wednesday, Craig Dickinson was asked that at practice. And he responded in a way that really got people talking around here because he said, if Jordan Williams Lambert were to play either Manny Arsenault, no surprise, or Naaman Roosevelt would be coming out of the lineup. And Mm -hmm. so instantly, like a siren across Saskatchewan went off saying, what? Naaman Roosevelt might be coming out of the lineup? (laughs) And I, and I get it. I get it on a level because, okay, Naaman isn't putting up the gaudy numbers he used to. He isn't making the circus yep. catches he used to, but he is that key release valve on second down. He is the possession guy. He makes the big catch when you need a conversion. There's no question about it. Yes. He plays a very important role in this offense, and he's resurrected his career after a couple of injury-filled years thanks to kind of that veteran savvy that he has now. Yes, absolutely. So, so I understand why people raise their eyebrow at this a little bit. Now, I will raise my eyebrow a little bit too if this is a long-term decision by the team. Mm-hmm. Then there's, there's obviously A, Craig Dickinson has lost his mind, or B, there's something about <laughs> there's something with Naaman Roosevelt's game that we don't know about. But to me, there's two ex, there's two reasons why this is the decision that's been on his mind right now. Jordan Williams Lambert's play. Number one, he's just throwing another name out there. For the sake of it, to keep you keep the other team guessing a little bit, but the answer is Manny Arsenal, because that's probably yes. what it should be. Yeah, and, and that's that's fine. I get it. He's kind of being honest without having to be directly honest. Keep Toronto guessing a little bit, even though they probably don't really need to. It's true. Or the other option is yes, it is in fact actually Naaman Roosevelt, but it's probably, in my opinion, only for one game. And I don't think that is necessarily the worst decision this team could make. And here's why. We saw it even before the bye week where they took on Montreal. And Charleston Hughes, the news came out, I think it was on the website where he was, he wasn't injured, but he was sore. And all of a sudden he was, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of a a late scratch in that game kind of thing. And he didn't play. And they got through it. It was against an Easter team at home. There was a bye week coming up. It made sense to give Charleston Hughes, who has been known to fade a little bit down the stretch, Game off, to use a basketball term, a little bit of load management. Carlson Hughes. <laughs> I don't know why that term always makes me giggle. Because <laughs> you're immature. And then that's, on. That's clearly <laughs> it. <laughs> and then on. So now we're coming out of the bye week, and you've got another veteran player who maybe doesn't fade, but has a bit of a history of injuries lately. 
and you have an opportunity where you're going east to maybe give him a little more rest for one game, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. I think they can survive a game without Naaman Roosevelt when you're inserting Jordan Williams-Lambert. So, yeah, you kick the yep. can down the road a little bit where you have to make the decision to either tell Manny Arsenault that he has, uh, you know, something's up with his knee and he should probably go in the sixth game for a bit, or you decide to, you know, put Kyron Moore on the bench. Or, you know, there's a decision that you have to make later on the road of that, but at least for now you're getting Jordan Williams-Lambert the game, you're giving Naaman Roosevelt a little bit of rest, heading into a really important stretch of the season afterwards which we'll get into so i can see craig dickinson's thinking we're saying okay we have this veteran guy he's probably a little banged up because he's taking some hits like he always does and he's not going to take himself out of the lineup so i'm going to force his hand to take a game off especially coming off a bye week going into toronto no and and you're absolutely right joel i mean uh, especially a guy coming off a couple years of injuries that hasn't played a full season uh and and to me you are going to need naming roosevelt is the kind of receiver that always will win you playoff games right that ability to you know the sure-handedness the veteran ability to get open you know he's seen it all before he's a tough guy to cover and and you mentioned he's the release valve he's not he's not the guy that's going to put up the gaudy stats but you know he's the first read when it comes to a, a second and eight, a second and five, right? Um, and I, I think what you're doing a, a little bit as well to look at the other angle is you are telling Manny Arsenault, who has largely been a bust in Saskatchewan so far. You know, he hasn't been himself. Now, again, uh, recovering from knee surgery like he did at, he, at his age is no easy feat. It's amazing he's even back on the field, and that's no discredit to the work he's put in there. But he has definitely not like looked like the Manny Arsenault we've all known and love, especially Rod Black, all of these years. So I, I think if you're taking Naaman out – I think the motivation is health-related in a game against Toronto, and perhaps you are going to Manny Arsenault and saying, okay, there's not room for you. We need you to step up. And Because I, I can't see a world, because he also plays specials and, he, and he's young, and, he, and to me he's got more speed in him these days. I can't see uh, – he hasn't had the numbers, but I can't see a spot in which you're taking Kyron Moore out of the game. I, I, I can't. I mean, no, I, I, Manny I, Arsenault... I think, I think Kyron Moore brings a dimension to the offense where even if he's not really involved, that the other team still has to respect. And that's important, too. Oh, oh, absolutely. And, and, and I think with, with between Shaq Evans, who is definitely the team's best receiver these days, mm-hmm. Naaman Roosevelt is your release valve, going to have Jordan Williams-Lambert and, and Kyron Moore all out there, like... Those are four guys you have to respect for their different variety of talents at all times, right? Um, and I like the idea of, okay, maybe we're lighting a fire on a Manny. We're giving them, naming Roosevelt a little bit of help. Because I, I, to me, I don't care what Jordan Williams-Lambert does against Toronto. No. As long as he can get out there, he can run around, he can look like himself. I mean, he's you know he's, he's just a, one of those freak athletes. I mean, he's tall, he's long. He's fast. You know, that's why he got a look in the NFL, right? Um, he's prototypical NFL receiver to me. I, and, and it's a shame he wasn't able to stick down there. But to me, the guy that you really need to see perform to see really if he still has it is Manny Arsenault. Because you're going to have to make a decision. And I think you and I both know, and all jokes aside, they can probably find some 
long ailment to stash him on the six game injured list in case you need him come the postseason or something like that. But mm-hmm. you got to see if he's got anything left. And, and to me, this is a big game in Toronto for Manny Arsenault's career. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a fair assessment. And so that's why, and there's, there's a lot of reasons why I think there's precedent that Craig Dickinson has set that he's willing He's willing to sit guys that maybe it feels a little unorthodox when Hughes in play, and we know you know the training camp was a lot lighter this year compared to what it's been in past yep. years, and so he clearly thinks about these things. And one game out of eighteen isn't the end of the world to miss. They'll find a way. He's he's not going to be late. They'll probably make him the healthy scratch rather than one game, or they'll one game him so he he still gets his salary for that game. It's not like they're going to you know screw him and put him on the PR for the game or anything like that. But yeah. So that's kind of where it has to go, and I think it's important that you, if you have a chance to rest a guy who you think might need it, you should do it. And I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a thing that basketball is getting as a sport right now. And I think the yeah. other sports, especially the major team sports, need to start figuring this out. That yes, every game is sacred and every season is sacred and all that, but realistically, you play a lot of games in a season for every sport, respectively. If a guy, if you sit a guy for one game. You should be able to trust your depth to overcome it. We've seen teams in the NBA yep. sometimes rest like two or three of their starters in the same freaking game and still win. Like, yep. <laughs> it shouldn't be yep. an issue if you start, if you sit one of your best players in a game, you should, should, should still be able to win. And coming off a bye against one of the worst teams in the league on the road is probably a good, a good a spot as any to do that, especially when we're going to get into this now, where you look at what's coming up for this team where you're going to need everyone firing on all cylinders after this game, which is not going to be an easy game for them because Toronto is better than they were and they have to travel east and all that kind of stuff that can happen and get in your way and all that. So it's not going to be an easy game in Toronto by any stretch of the imagination, even if, you know, everyone is playing. But the point still remains, whatever happens in this football game, they should win, they need to win, because coming up is five games against the West, a majority of them on the road, including three straight on the road, thanks to some hockey game being in town here. So it's, <laughs> this is a key, this is a really, this might be one of the toughest stretches we've seen this team have to go through in a number of years, considering it's the most important games of the year, you're away from home a lot, and there is no break for five games, because as bad as they've been, and as bad as they were earlier in the year, I think the Lions are playing a little looser now, and they're going to probably present you yep. with a challenge, so, you know, get everyone as ready as you can for the stretch while still doing everything you can to win this game this weekend. Well, and, and I, I think with the emergence and, and for all my anger about Winnipeg looking like shit coming out of uh, halftime, you know, let's, let's give credit to the Montreal Alouettes. I think it's fair to say, and you said it before the pod, that I don't think the West crossover is guaranteed of even making it out of the East semifinal this year. No, and I let's, let's, be, to... let's be honest here. Barring something stupid happening, that's going to be Edmonton. So I think we're pretty confident yes. that they're not going to go East and beat either of those teams. No, I mean, the bottom could fall. I mean, let's face it. You go through this stretch of games here like Saskatchewan is, the bottom would need to absolutely fall out. And I, this team is too good for that to happen. But, you know, there's still the remote possibility that you are going to want to be. I, it, I think this year more than any with how close teams are and how good everybody is, especially when healthy, you are going to want that home playoff game. And 
Yeah, I don't think there's I, – I, I mean, it, it brings me back to an interesting point, too. We're talking about, you know, giving guys some rest, you know, Charleston Hughes and, and, and Naaman Roosevelt. Remember – I remember when word leaked before the NFL season – Though the league and the players' association were looking at moving to the CFL's 18-game season, mm-hmm. but the players only playing a maximum of 16 games. Yeah. So that, to me, I just I just find interesting that yeah, there's only so much a human body can take over a football season, and you know you need your guys for the most important part of the year. And yeah, yeah, three games against the West here, all coming up, all with you know uh, the, such crucial playoff positioning on the line i like the move i'd like honestly i'd like to see them rest a couple more guys because yeah this part of the season you you said it bc's playing loose they know they're out of it they're just trying to figure each other out they're having some fun they're chucking the ball around that's a dangerous team you never want to play a team with nothing nothing to lose and that's what bc is right now yeah, no, and then you've got a game against Winnipeg, and you got a couple against Edmonton. So this is this is not going to be an easy stretch for this team at all. And you need everything needs to be ready. And I, yeah, I I really feel if you're the crossover team, and probably even if you're third in the West this year, I, I don't think you're going anywhere. I it would be no. I have a hard time believing anyone in the CFL this year. And it happens so rarely anyway that you can go through two road games and get to the Great Cup. I just don't see it. So you need at the very least to finish second in the West to have a shot at the great, getting to the Great Cup, in my opinion. Even then, it's still going to be a tough road because then you still got to play a pretty darn good team in your home building and then go to either Winnipeg or Calgary, depending on how it all plays out. If it's Calgary yeah, especially, it, then then we're, everyone's really in trouble because we all know how that story usually ends. So It's I, true. It's really... This is, such an, this is going to be such a fascinating drive in the West toward the end of the regular season. We've, all year we've talked about, you know, who is this team? Who are they? How good are they actually? Well, we're really about to find out. And if they pull up their pants and they can secure a home playoff game out of this, then they need to be taken seriously. If they can't, then, well, that was a good season, but it's, it's going to be a long shot. Yeah, it, it, no, you're absolutely right. I, I, again, if, if they don't perform like they can, like they should, like they need to in this upcoming stretch... This has been the build season, you know, leading up to the the Grey Cup being, you know, at home, right? So, yeah. but still, there this team is still good enough, and and heading into you know the, the 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 tough part of the season where you know what wins your football games is ball control and defense, but as the weather gets colder, which it is suddenly all of a sudden getting in Saskatchewan, seemingly out of nowhere, um, or I guess all the way across Western Canada, this is this is the time of the year that you're right. You need those victories. You need to play that hard-nosed football and mm-hmm. give your guys a rest, have all your guys firing, because you're right. We are about to find out. You and I are both on the record of thinking the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are among the Grey Cup contenders in the CFL. But, hey, if you go out and you, you drop the next couple games against the West Division, it's all of a sudden becoming a completely different ball of wax. Maybe they maybe they are getting exposed. Maybe everybody that's been saying all year, who have they played, maybe they could be right. We are going to find out here very soon. Yeah, absolutely. And they're also getting, it looks like they could be getting another key addition as well on top of Jordan Williams-Lambert. Brandon Labatt is back practicing with the team, which is just absolutely massive to get at this time of year because the offensive line without him has been very good. There's no question about it. They've had their ups yep. and their downs a little bit at times, but 
if you could insert Brennan Labatt into the lineup at this key portion at this time of the year, and he's he's been injured at times throughout his career, so I'm not worried about any rust in terms of Brennan Labatt coming back. He's done it times before. He'll be fine. He'll come in and be yep. an instant upgrade, probably over Darius Bladek. Yep. And it will just instantly make that group so much better, and that will make a huge difference for the run game, for the pass protection, because it, it has sprung a little bit of a leak at times over the last little while. Yep. Is I think teams have kind of figured out what they're doing a little bit, and Stephen McAdoo has been known to be a little slow to adjust at times to what's going on around him. Mm-hmm. So I think that will be that'll be big, and that's gonna that's another huge addition to this team that I have obviously a lot of attention on Naaman, on Naaman Roosevelt and Jordan Williams Lambert right now because they're you know they're flashy players and offense sells tickets and all that kind of thing. But if Bernard Labat comes back in and that offensive line starts humming, especially if it starts to snow around here, look out. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you're right, Joel. Without Brendan Labatt, you know, it, it, his impact, as you mentioned, he's had some injury problems, as any veteran offensive lineman is is going to have seemingly these days. It's such a mm-hmm. tough position to play. Um, and every other year that Brendan Labatt's gone on the lineup, it's just been a dumpster fire. Essentially, yeah, it, exactly, exactly. For a minute, I thought you were actually farting, and that was amazing. No, um, I, I can't actually <laughs> fart that loud for that long. <laughs> which is why i was kind of amazed for the record um but yeah, every other year as you said it has just been trash whenever brendan labat has missed time this year it's been like even for me it was like oh yeah labat's been hurt for a while huh it hasn't been a total dumpster wait he's coming back so you know that they're going to go from you know good to very good with brendan labat coming back at the mm-hmm. right time of year and you're a huge addition to come back and just like I love Labatt. He's one of the best guys to talk to on the team. You know, like you and I have talked before. Now they're both out of, you know, outside of doing this podcast, we're both out of the daily grind of crappy player interviews and scrums in which you're getting an elbow in the arm from some reporter from some defunct newspaper here in the city or, you know, smelling who's had coffee that morning on their breath because you're all tight together. Um, Now they're out of that grind. We root for guys we like. Brendan Labatt is a guy I like. Oh, yeah. Always, always. Always has time for everyone, and uh, one of the good dudes in the game. And the offensive line in general is going to be really interesting to watch over the next while. You know, Labatt's coming back, and then you have the potential for Philip Lake and uh, Cofield coming back as well. So there's going to be decisions that are going to have to be made there, because Dakota Shepley's playing very well, and it might be difficult to take him out of the lineup at this point. So what do you do? And and that's that's a very good... It's a very good problem to have for this team, and it's coming at a good time where they're going to need the offensive line to be playing at their best because, as we know, as you said, it ball control kind of takes over this time of year. Run game kind of takes over this kind of year, and this is where William Powell is going to earn his paycheck as well. Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, that, there's a guy that I'm very glad for the Riders' sake that they have behind that offensive line. It's going to be... Uh, it, it, you're going to need to win that brand of football, and I think they can, which I think will put a little less stress on Cody Fajardo, as much as we love our Jesus sprinkles. You know, it, it is going to be nice to see that, you know, he can he doesn't have to win them games anymore. He can just go out and, you know, take it down a notch. And I think it's going to end up very well for, for everybody. Uh, one brand that has kind of been in the news recently, and maybe not in a positive way in Saskatchewan, has been uh, fast food chain A&W. As mm. there was, and I, I, I remember I made note of it. It was a number of months ago. They actually, they had the signs up that they were shooting the commercial out at the tailgate before the game. I can't remember which game right. it was where they said A&W was shooting, where I saw the signs saying A&W was filming a commercial today, blah, 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 blah. Naturally, I yep. was not wearing anything water related because I 
number one, don't own anything water related Two, I would never wear it to the stadium where I'm going to work. So <laughs> that's that's true. That's the so yeah, naturally a certain degree of professionalism. Yeah. So naturally, as much as I would like to be approached by a and W guy, I was not. Um, I didn't even see him anywhere. So as far as I can tell, he's still a fictional character to me, not a real person. But he obviously, <laughs> he obviously did talk to some people on this one. And yes. so then they had the commercial and they did the normal commercial where he's talking to people in the streets because apparently that's their whole marketing campaign now is just talking to people in the streets about burgers, which would be a great mm-hmm. job to have because, I mean, who doesn't love burgers? That's, that's true. Great cut grease up. You got it. Absolutely. And so, but this commercial got people talking and naturally it did in Saskatchewan, number one, because it involved the, you know, rider fans. Number two, it's because yep. it was for the Beyond Meat Burger. And yep. I can't believe we even have to get into how nonsensical this whole stupid thing is. But we do. There are, it seems that on the prairies especially, and I think if even more so in Saskatchewan and probably in Alberta, I don't know why, there's just a weird sensitivity about meat alternative products, I guess is what they're called. Mm-hmm. And I'm right. I, and you know before we get into all this, yes, I enjoy beef. I like meat, but you know what? I've tried some of these alternatives too, and they pray, they taste pretty darn good, and that's fine. They, they do, yeah, you're they right. They taste fine. It's not going to be in my regular diet, and but whatever. I mean, it's a burger. It's not supposed to be healthy anyway. So you know, people get into the arguments of semantics as whether this is actually healthier than beef or not. It's a burger. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it's true. You're, and then, you're so not wrong. yeah. So then, the SAS Cattlemen's Association or whatever they're called gets their backup on this one. That the riders are somehow involved. It's like, well, they're they're a sponsor of the team that's allowed to use our brand, so they did. And for mm-hmm. some reason, be throughout all this whole thing, because of that, the riders felt the need to apologize for their brand appearing in this commercial. And it's just absolutely ridiculous that they felt the need to do this. Um, they, yep. it's whatever it's done they've done it for some reason they felt the need to I don't think they should have had to because everyone involved in this whole thing and it's mostly you know a certain demographic of people that are upset about this about these products even existing and they get upset about it and I see it on Facebook all the time and all these memes and you know articles and stuff about you know what's wrong with these products and blah 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 you know eat meat instead and the whole thing it's like guys not a single person on earth is telling, well, I guess there are people who are, but generally speaking, none of these brands, no one is directly telling you to stop eating beef. If you want to eat beef, that's fine. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. I do, you do, I'm sure most of you listening do. If you want to eat plant-based alternatives, go for it. I don't care. It doesn't affect my life at all what the hell you're eating. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't affect my life at all if some brand is promoting it. Because guess what? Historically speaking, yeah, A&W has produced beef or chicken or whatever the hot dog are made of products. Ooh, the whistle dog, yes. Yeah, and so now they are trying to capture a market that has generally not purchased fast food because there was no real options for them besides french fries. (laughs) So that's what they are doing now, and for some reason, people are mad about that. Because these products that aren't beef exist. It's been around forever. It's been around forever, you guys. These these options have been around. There have been tofu burgers and all these different things forever. They actually just start to taste decent now. And I just I just don't understand why people are getting so caught up and have bent out of shape what people are eating. If you don't like it and it's not for you, go for it. Who cares? This is supposed to be a free country, isn't it? Like so why does it it's, matter? It, it's just true. get just get over it. 
Well, and, and the short-sightedness, Joel, to add to your points, I agree with you one million percent. The primary ingredients beyond meat burger mm-hmm. are peas and lentils, along with other, you know, voodoo wizardry and bullshit. And then there is, in, you know, in fairness, there is some stuff in there that isn't naturally that great for you. But I, yeah, I know, I know, I, but, but I know where you're I going mean, with this, so I'm going to let you go with it. But, but again, it's like, so you would think, my logical brain thinks, okay, I have friends that are vegetarians, vegans. They would never touch that product. They would not be consuming Saskatchewan lentils, Saskatchewan peas, and all that other stuff. So really, all you're doing by eating the delicious non-beefy burgers is giving people more access to Saskatchewan foods. And why are we angry about this? Oh, yeah. Get a little sensitive about the beef issue here. Mm -hmm. People are always probably going to eat meat. Unless there's some sort of like apocalypse with the meat, like in the movie Interstellar with the corn and every all the cows just die. People are still going to eat beef. Let let them do it. But also let them enjoy it. Like, are people drink? Are people bitching that I'm drinking a lentil beer? You know? Well, well, no, not directly. But there, there are weird people out there who <laughs> still shit all over craft beer for kind of the same sort of hippy-dippy kind of reasons, right? It's true, but... Look at it. It's people, you know, you now have an option in a different form to enjoy parts of Saskatchewan and you're angry about it to the point that the rioters needed to apologize. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> you know what this this really reminded me of all of this, Joel? What? Hockey Twitter. <laughs> and those those people are probably very big hockey fans, so it makes sense. Oh, 100%. This this had like hockey Twitter like the outrage over nothing, the short-sightedness, the like rallying cry the fact a team had to put out an apology this was hockey twitter it creeped into football don't let that happen again because hockey twitter's the worst yeah and the, the and the other argument that i've seen around about these meat alternative products and i've seen in some places in the states where there's people trying to petition to have these things not called burgers and my, my i'm like what what? Like, I, I could be I could be wrong on this, but is, is the burger not just a type of sandwich? Because chicken burgers, turkey burgers, fish burgers, all these sorts of things have existed forever. Do you have issues with those things being called burgers, or is it, or is it only a meat allowed to be called burger? It, it, I've had, I've, I, Lacey's had a portobello mushroom burger. Mm-hmm. Actually, back to back to hockey Twitter. I remember once I was at a dinner event with Elliot Friedman, who like blew the person's mind by having a portobello mushroom burger. They still called it a burger. It was a giant ass mushroom on a bun. For the record, <laughs> speaking of different type, speaking of different types of sandwiches, a hot dog is not a sandwich. It's a taco. I've, it's I've, not on the side. I, 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 need to get that out I feel like we've had this conversation before, and uh, we, we need to, we don't need to get back into that one. <laughs> That's fair. I'm just reasserting my point, Joel. <laughs> yeah, and it's just uh, I. I guess this is the world we live in now, where everyone is just upset over everything all the time, and I just uh, I don't get it. You know, for a country where weed is legalized, we really are uptight on shit.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.